Welcome back to the Bible in History. I'm Jeff Johnson, and with me, of course, is my mother, Rebecca Johnson. And today we're going to be talking, or continuing talking, about the groups that left the Tower of Babel. Mm -hmm. So we talked about those groups that stayed closest to the Tower of Babel. Now we're moving a little bit further into Egypt, predominantly in that kind of surrounding region. I'm going to begin by reading Genesis chapter 10 and verse 6, which says, And the sons of Ham, Cush, and Mizraim, and Phut, and Canaan. Yes, Mizraim. That's the one we want. <laughs> Mizraim was the founder of Egypt. So yep. this is Noah's grandson. Still it called that, I think, in Hebrew today. Yes, it is. Yes, I believe that still today they call Egypt Mizraim. So there we go. That's a fun tidbit. Um, it would have been established around 2238 B.C. Now, before we go any further, I have to start by stating that we will be using a revised Egyptian chronology Mm -hmm. That was created by Dr. David M. Roll. I am holding up the book. He wrote Pharaohs and Kings, A Biblical Quest. He has uh, a video program along this line. Now, I'm going to Very add good this stuff. disclaimer. It is a great book. This book, I highly recommend it if you can handle a little bit of technical. Yeah. This is a technical book, okay? But it is an amazing book. I really love it. I also want to add a second disclaimer. From everything I've ever seen, David Roll is not actually a professing Christian, but he does believe the Bible to be true. Mm -hmm. And we cannot discredit someone just because they are not a professing Christian. Um, yeah. So, David Roll's timeline is amazing. If you cannot necessarily handle the technical end of everything and you want to know a little bit more about the revised Egyptian chronology, I would suggest the book Unwrapping the Pharaohs by John Ashton and David Down. And this is a master books book. You can find this at Answers in Genesis or Amazon. You can find Pharaohs and Kings, David and Will, also on Amazon, but not at um, Answers in Genesis. I will also just point out another, these books are heavy. <laughs> another very technical, heavy book by David Roll that I also really recommend, The Lords of Avadis. And this is Uncovering the Legendary Origins of Western Civilization. This covers a lot of um, biblical events as well. And is amazingly written, much, much research done. David Roll is an Egyptologist, um, something that I am not. <laughs> it takes a lot of work to be an Egyptologist. So there, Yeah, um, there's a lot of stuff in Egypt that you guys yes. study and, and learn to be that to get that qualification exactly and the fact that an egyptologist has to be able to be fluent in hieroglyphics yeah if you're fluent in hieroglyphics you are going to interpret things better i am not fluent in hieroglyphics so <laughs> i love history and i am an avid historian but i do trust these sources um for that another book that I recently just got, and I know it's a little side note on books, but some people want to learn more. And I'm going to be honest, 
I cannot go as an in-depth to Egyptian history as I would love to go. Egyptian history is so fascinating, isn't it? Oh, they have the yeah, mummies, the they tombs. Have probably the most researched <laughs> out of the ancient civilizations. It's a very diverse and very rich uh, history to them, and yes. a lot of different things, uh, a lot of confusing things for sure. But it's, yes. it's very intriguing and. and I mean, you can make a whole podcast just off the history of Egypt oh, and go heavens, for yes. years. So, we're not going to do that, because <laughs> yeah. that's not our purpose. But if you do want to know more about Egypt, which which plays so much into world history and biblical history and just history in general, um, these are a yeah. lot of great sources. I just got a hold. Now, bless this book's heart. You can see it has fallen apart. This book is uh, Roland's Ancient History, published in 1738. Um, I am finding this book incredibly fascinating and it has a lot about Egypt in there. So, um, just some neat ideas of books that you might want to look into if you would like to know more. Now, why do we use David Roll's revised chronology? Because the original chronology of Egypt was lengthened by over 300 years. Yeah. And because historians claim that Egyptian history is a fixed point in history. They are using it to discredit the Bible. Mm -hmm. But when you fix the chronology, that 300 years adjustment, everything falls into perfect alignment with the Bible. Which, of it's course, really as a Christian, incredible. we know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of, uh, really, once you fix it, because the big problem was that, <clears throat> much like Israel, we'll talk about later on in the Bible, there was a split, north and south. You had two kings' lines. And modern Egyptian chronology makes it a single king's line. So when two right. kings were living um, side by side, they put them, instead of side by side, kind of right. back to back. Mm -hmm. and extend it that way. So when you take those kings, line them up properly, you get a, a more clear uh, and, and historically accurate timeline. Yes. Um, and uh, this uh, lines everything up with the Bible. And of course, right. we know the Bible to be accurate. Um, and so we want to make sure everything lines up with the Bible and that we're not trying to line the Bible right. up with Egyptian chronology or anything like that. So it, it all lines up beautifully and, and, and things just, they make more sense somehow. Yes. Uh, once you yes. line it up properly. Right. So something Jeff pointed out um, that I think is really important is the fact that right. the Bible is going to be our fixed timeline not some other source. I'm sorry, my chair is so squeaky today. <laughs> I need to fix that. Anyway, so that is why we chose um, to use the new revised Egyptian timeline, okay? And I just wanna really quick run through what that would mean, who was in charge when, so. When Joseph, yeah. for example, and we'll talk about all these when we get to them, but I'm just going to highlight here just so you understand. Uh, when Joseph went 
to Egypt, the Pharaoh was um, uh, Amenemhat III of the 12th dynasty. And he was there through Neferhotep I or Sobahotep III. Moses would have been through Kenefres. Um, and then the Exodus was under Pharaoh Dudamus. Saul was king under Ahamenhat III in his final years and Akinhenten. David was king through Queen Nefertiti, uh, yeah. Haman, some names that we would know. And then Solomon was king when Harabim was on the throne. Jer Jeroboam and Rehoboam then would have dealt with Ramesses II. And in fact, one of the biggest mistakes is that when we, and we'll, we're going to talk about it again when we get there, but the Exodus, we attribute it to Ramesses II, and that is not true. He sacked the temple of Solomon. So it, yeah. when you shrink it down the way it's supposed to be, everything lines up. So here we go. Let's talk a little bit about Egypt. Um, the nation of Egypt was founded, but it was united under King Menes, also known as Narmar by some scholars. According to Manetho, an Egyptian priest who lived in the 3rd century BC, Menes was the first to wear the red and white crown of Upper and Lower Egypt. Remembering, of course, Egypt's all backwards. Yeah, <laughs> so Lower is in the North, Upper is in the South. <laughs> Because the Nile runs the wrong way. <laughs> um, now, historians Eubius, Pamphilius, and the Bishop of Caesarea in Palestine, who lived in the 4th century AD, identified King Menes as Mizraim. Mm -hmm. Noah's grandson. So... Not united in a sense, but actually founded as right. a united nation, which would make more sense. That you would find it united as one nation, then it would civil war up into two, and then come back under later. This happened in the U.S., it's happened all over the world. Um, so, obviously, that would make sense that Menes then is the founder of the first dynasty. It's kind of like a, a world very historical up. event, too. <laughs> so, mean, we all know um, Egypt. And a lot of its accomplishments. Mm -hmm. So this is one of the most successful civilizations right. um, known to man, I think. Um, yes. Now, let's get to some interesting bits. Bits and bobs that are very fun about Egypt. Okay. We know that the Tower of Babel had to have been some kind of pyramid shape simply because yeah. that is what is then predominantly built around the world. Pyramids and stone rings. And we know that the uh, we talked about Gobleki Tepe in Turkey. And I know, again, I slaughtered that name, but <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> we talked about that spot in Turkey with the stone ring and considered the oldest religious site oh, yeah. in the world. And I believe that to be true. I believe that that would have been part of the complex of the pyramid that would have been the Tower of Babel. And Egypt is going to take this idea of the pyramid and just run to death with it. And they are going to perfect the pyramid with the three mm -hmm. great pyramids of Giza. But predominantly, they didn't build the Great Pyramids. There's just three of those. Everything else is built in what they call the Mastaba style, which is probably 
more similar to what we would have found at the Tower of Babel. And the reason I say that is because that Mastaba style, which is stair-step style, yeah, it's the more common is what we version, find all over the world. Um, by numbers across the world. It's just that the Great right. Pyramid of Giza is a lot more well-known um, because it is one of the largest and one of the most impressive right. structures. Um, we all tend to focus on the biggest one. Indeed. Um, and not the most common one, uh, because common mm -hmm. is common, and we want something flashy and rare. So we all look to the Pyramid of Giza, which was a more perfected right. and um, intricately designed pyramid. Exactly. Right. Now, I want to point out a difference, okay? Mastabas were indeed used as tombs. I will agree with that. But it is interesting to note in that book that I showed from the, that I talked about Roland's ancient history from 1738, the book I have here. Um, they actually discuss labyrinths that most and this this makes a lot more sense when you consider where king tut king mm -hmm. tut kenhaman was discovered hidden underneath the tomb of another pharaoh that had already been raided according to their when they first went in and this is going to be about the time of the rediscovery of of egypt remember you have to remember that that giant sphinx all that was sticking out was his head. Every other part of him, he was huge, buried in sand. We don't even know how much oh, of yeah. history it's has been lost to the Sahara Desert. Massive um, destruction. Yeah. Much of Egyptian history is gone. Yes. The Sahara Desert is... Um, Quite literally. It eats. I, it eats it up. Gone. <laughs> it really does. And um, so... All of that, interesting to say, that when they came and started digging and looking, the predominant amount of mummies and tombs were in the labyrinths. And the labyrinths, they actually said, were more impressive than the Great Pyramids, according right. to these original explorers, okay? More impressive. The temple complexes at Abydos, are amazing and Egypt was extremely advanced there is evidence much solid evidence yep. Egypt had electricity Egypt had running water Egypt had a uh, flushing toilets Egypt had very probably the capability of flight and they very possibly had the capability of submarine technology. Think about it. The Nile River and the water sources that they had, they would have had direct access to yep. the sea, the Mediterranean Sea, which then takes you out into the Atlantic Ocean. So this idea that they were primitive is beyond a joke, and I want to talk about why. 
Why was Egypt not primitive? They came out of the Tower of Babel very, very advanced. And I just want to drill that in our head until we just can't stand it anymore. Because the opposite is being drilled yeah. in our head every time we watch a history program. Everyone wants you to think that we are the peak of civilization today. And if this is the peak, God help us. So, <laughs> no. There is much evidence that two things happen. If you look at, and I have actually gotten the opportunity to go to a traveling exhibit here in Brazil, actually, um, from a museum in France. Now, it's interesting because the French were the first to rediscover and to explore yeah. Egypt after we kind of forgot about it. You know, it kind of did, it lost importance because of the Greeks. Of course, the Greeks came in and conquered, um, and and Egypt just kind of lost importance in the world. And so, it's easy to forget about a place. We don't realize that today because we think our homes, our cities, our civilization mm -hmm. will live forever, and yet it won't. We can just as quickly be dis gone you know <laughs> it's very possible that someday someone will say the united states of america any child yep. will go what are you talking about what's that where's that at so this is what happened to egypt and it is interesting that as they researched it there were two distinct layers just like at machu picchu there was one layer in the sketches you could very clearly see there was very advanced buildings and on top of that, as the foundational structure, on top of that, they would extend as they got dumber, <laughs> as they had less resources. So the beginning of Egypt was extremely powerful yes. and extremely advanced. The pyramids, now, somebody out there is going to be like, I don't believe she's saying this, but. I believe, along with many, many other people, the pyramids were never meant to be a tomb. Yeah. The three great pyramids, the perfect pyramids, they weren't tombs. Why do I say that? Number one, there were no sarcophagus rooms. Forget the box that everybody talks about in the middle, and I'll explain why in a minute. There were no rooms with hieroglyphics, paintings, that were found in every other tomb, no matter how small or how great it was, the inside was decked out. When I went to see this exhibit from this group, from the museum in France, from the original expeditions by Napoleon, these were original findings, okay? And it was an amazing exhibit, loved it, loved it, loved it. Even the inside of their coffin, if they were poor, the poorest of poor, had hieroglyphics decked out on the inside of their coffin because they couldn't afford to have yeah. a whole room dedicated to it. When you get inside the Great Pyramids, it's absolutely plain. There's nothing. No preparation for the afterlife, which is the whole point of these tombs because they weren't believing in God. So they were preparing there's a for lot the of significance put on that and a lot of preparation that had to be done in their society yes if the, if the pharaohs or whoever was being married was going to go to the afterlife and so to leave that out would be a cardinal exactly. sin to them um and doom whoever it was mm -hmm. um to 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 not go to the afterlife 
They would never do that. Exactly. There was no queen chamber. Yeah. Uh, that was very vital. Unfortunately, the poor woman had to die if the husband died. <laughs> she had to go with him. Um, so there was no queen chamber. There were no servant chambers. There was nothing that would indicate it was a tomb. Another interesting thing before I get to that magic box that everybody says, well, there was this empty sarcophagus box. There wasn't. I'm going to explain that in a minute. But before we get there, the other interesting thing here about underneath the three great pyramids is that there was a whole system of waterways that came in and pumped yeah. through from the Nile. The explanation given by those who want to insist that this was a tomb is that while they were floating the bricks up or whatever, I don't think that's true because there's an electrical current that runs because of the way the labyrinth works of water network. It actually runs an electrical current. People say, now, unfortunately, this is very difficult because <laughs> you've got those alien believers. Yeah. Uh, Y'all... Maybe don't, because it's a really, really old show, but there was a show a long time ago. Uh, what was that thing called, uh, Jeff, we used to yeah, watch? Yeah, yeah, Stargate. Where, where the, yeah, yeah, where they used the, <laughs> the pyramid to land. Essentially, they claimed the pyramids were landing docks for spaceships. Okay. Exactly. That's it. That was it. Okay, so you do have some pretty funky people out there. So you have to be careful with this, but it is very true that around any of the Great Pyramids, as you go up, you, you feel the, the hair on your arms stand up a little bit because of the electrical current. So let's get to that box that you, I, I'm sure you've heard about, the empty sarcophagus in the middle of the pyramid. The problem with it is, again, it was a plain stone box. A sarcophagus was always yeah. carved. And if you had gone to the extent that they did to build this massive pyramid, which we cannot replicate today, you would have carved something. Yeah, you don't make something that elaborate and then just be it's like, a plain box. You know what? The tomb can be a box, yeah. or the sarcophagus can be a box. Like, you can put, if it had been a tomb, it would have been the most sense. elaborate tomb out of all of them. Just. Stunning. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't. So what were the three great pyramids? According to a lot of records, you could see the pyramids glowing from yep. 200 miles away. If you know anything about Tesla, Tesla created free mm -hmm. energy electricity that you don't have to plug into the grid and pay the city for and that's why tesla's energy was given the thumbs down because the investors wanted money yeah. back so the tesla program the tesla energy would not have fueled the industry because we could have all had electricity for free so they even say in ancient writings that people felt better near the pyramids. Well, they were 
polished granite with a top stone that shined. All of that's been stripped yeah. off by invaders. What you see today is not how the pyramid looked when it was finished. It would have been a beautiful granite side, perfectly polished and glowing, and a top metal bit that would have sent out the electricity. There are many people in the creation world, and they're also kooks, I'm not gonna lie, who think that the Great Pyramid was in fact an electrical mm -hmm. station, like Tesla's providing free electricity to all of Egypt, meaning that <laughs> Egypt was more advanced than us. And they had electricity in their homes. They had running water in their homes. They had a lot of things that we just don't give them credit for. They were an amazingly yeah. advanced society. And they did bury their dead in elaborate ways, but not in the three great pyramids. In the Mastabas, yes. In the temple complexes, yes. In the labyrinths, absolutely. So keep that in mind when you hear about Egypt, how incredibly advanced they were. Um, it's really an amazing thing. Egypt just fascinates me um, to no end. I wish I could talk about this yeah. for days and days, and, and but... The point is to show that yeah we could we could easily talk yeah, that about it ties this in with the Bible okay very long time and <laughs> we're already over so but there's a lot of stuff in this and I think the big takeaway we need to take is ancient civilizations were not stupid they had a lot of mm -hmm. yeah. of mental capacity they had a lot of ability we still don't know how they made the pyramids. And that should prove it in and of itself. We couldn't make the pyramid right. today. Uh, and yet we right. claim that they were dumber than us. Like, really? Um, <laughs> we have a lot in the modern era. Yes. Um, but they had a lot in their era, too. Uh, and their stuff was more yes. impressive in many cases than ours. So I, I want us to remember right. and really get it into our heads that we are not the smartest that humanity has ever been. We are the dumbest. Mm -hmm. Adam was the smartest. <laughs> yes. Adam had it all. <laughs> yes. And, and right after the flood, they had most of it. I think they were degrading a little bit, yes. But they right. had m way more mental power than we do today and way more uh, ability and understanding of of all the different things uh, that made up the world around them and an appreciation for that and an ability yeah. to work that in incredible ways so they're they were a lot more advanced than we give them credit for and we need to start giving them that credit because um, taking that mm -hmm. away from them definitely leads to an evolutionary thought process. Uh, and that's yes, very dangerous in, in both obvious and very subtle ways in the Christian life. Um, and that affects the yes. whole biblical, under, or the understanding of a biblical timeline mm -hmm. and interferes with that greatly. So next week, right. Right. Um, we're going to dive into well, more. Discuss, 
yep, we're going to discuss just a little bit more about the advancements in Egypt and uh, books that you can find to learn about them. And then we may get into the Indus River civilization, which is really, really fascinating. Love that place. So so. I hope you'll... We may get into it. Next yeah, week. yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it all goes. <laughs> Egypt is uh, kind of a black hole of just thought and, and talking, and we can go for days, like I said. So yeah, we could just stay there. We'll forever. see how that goes. Hopefully, we'll <laughs> jump out of that black hole of Egypt. Uh, but join us next week. We hope you enjoyed this week's uh, talk, and you'll join us next week for all of that. If you have any questions about any of this stuff, you can email us at thebibleinhistory at gmail com, or you can. Uh, type a comment in the YouTube channels. We'd love to try to answer those uh, questions for you. So we'll uh, look forward to seeing you next week. If you enjoyed today's video, please like and subscribe to our channel. You can also follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and Google Podcasts.